What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Matty D returning to action after a week off for Thanksgiving. We preview the upcoming weekend in college football, week 13 in the NFL, and that includes us doing our pick We do not have a guest picker, so it's a best of seven. We also get into some serious Eagles talk. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, and join our Facebook group. The Bullpen Cart Podcast is where you can be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this week's episode, everybody. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Canal, and joining me as we return to the podcast after a two-week hiatus slash Thanksgiving break, it is the one, the only, Maddie D. How are you, my friend? A little fatter, a little happier, right? Um, much, you know, you know, look, it's always tough to be away, but it was a nice little break, and I uh, went good. It went well, I thought, right? I mean... A little yeah, you different know. Thanksgiving this year. Not as much football as we would have liked. Um, what do you mean? Thanksgiving officially ended today because we got the Steelers true. Ravens game finally. <laughs> that's true, which which is which is over and done with. And uh, sadly, I continue to to. I was, I was hoping to have some kind of a backwards day, but uh, in fantasy, but I did fall to uh, to our, our our buddy Ryan White. He had Ben Roethlisberger. I had Chase Claypool, and Claypool couldn't make up for me. So uh, another loss in that league, but uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, tight I, win, tight win, by the way, for the Steelers uh, in a rivalry game in which there was no Lamar Jackson, but there was both Robert Griffin and um, Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley, who threw a touchdown pass, if my yes, memory serves me to Marquise Brown. Yeah, kind of a weird game. Uh, if Robert Griffin the third doesn't throw a pick six, this probably a completely different game. It's, uh, yeah. you know, we get a little pull away by the, the Steelers, then that late touchdown from McSorley, which, surprise, surprise, I don't mean to sound as blasé about that, but Robert Griffin III getting hurt, and that's why McSorley came in. But it's, uh, you know, we're in an interesting spot now with where the AFC is and the Steelers. I don't know, do they need to beat the Ravens of a, a lessened, a, a thinned out Ravens roster to, like, really show something, or... Or where do we where do we come in now with them? Because you know the Chiefs had the big game against the Bucks this past weekend, and you know and that that top dog race was this good or bad for the Steelers? Well, I mean, obviously from an objective standpoint, it's just good, right? Objectively, they have they have to stay ahead of the Chiefs, um, and so that that was critical that that they stay undefeated and, and stay and stay one game up because I think subjectively. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disrespect the Steelers. They're, they're a top five NFL team, but the Chiefs are the best team in football be- because of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the Steelers desperately need to try to have a first round bye and home and home field advantage uh, in this playoffs. And, and that's, you know, with the new with the new way it's working this year, that means you have to have the number one seed, not the number two seed, um, and that's really important. Um, I think 
this is a rivalry game, right? So even though I know that the, the Ravens were shorthanded, it's a huge rivalry game. And so you knew it was going to be a hard-fought game no matter what. And the Ravens' defense showed up. The Steelers, quote-unquote, dynamic offense, when you think about their playmakers, I know there was no James Conner today. He was out. Um, but they they didn't show up as much. Um, this is the question mark is with Big Ben is, can he, in a firefight with the Mahomes, can he keep up? Um, the weapons are probably a little bit of a downgrade but not by much. I mean, look, Tyree Kill is all world. Don't get me wrong. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football with Kittle, especially with Kittle being hurt. But, you know, Juju and and Deontay Johnson and James Washington and Chase Claypool, and um, that's a really good offensive arsenal on the outside for this Steelers team. And they have a very good offensive line. But can Ben, Big Ben hold up? Look, and the Steelers maybe have the best, may have the best defense in all of football, by the way. When you think of J.J. Watt and Bun Dupree on the outside, the corners, Minka Fitzpatrick. T.J. Watt. Yes, I say J.J., T.J. Watt, who's now probably arguably better than J.J. Watt right now. Not not overall, right now. Probably a better player than J.J. Watt. Slightly different position, too, so it's hard to completely judge. But they've got an excellent defense. So they've got a great defense, but so do the Chiefs. And quite frankly, great defenses, Mahomes doesn't care. So, um I think it's a critical win for them. Gutsy win. Uh, let's see if the offense gets back on track uh, as they go forward. Uh, but subjectively, it doesn't change my opinion of them. I still think they're the second best team in the AFC and not the first best. Yeah, that's probably the best way to look at I it. Went, I went on a little bit of a Steelers rant there. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And that's good because we probably had to have the conversation at some point because, you know, we just had to. Because we'll, we'll see the Steelers again next Monday playing the Washington football team. We'll see the Ravens next Tuesday. Play the Dallas, almost said the Dallas Stars, the Dallas Cowboys. But yeah, you know, the conversation's worth having because the Chiefs come into this week as a 14 point favorite against the Broncos. Are we done with bye weeks? No, Carolina and Tampa no. have a bye. Yeah, um, there should be one more. more yeah, more. so yeah, so a couple more weeks of that. But overall, you know, we're starting to really get a shake of, of who's real, who's not. I mean, the NFC East will have the conversation, I'm sure, at some point about the, about the Eagles, but. It's possible that the the weird ranking that is currently of a you know two teams tied at four seven, mm-hmm. nobody could it may end up that nobody wins this week and it's complete shit show of of how it all goes. Um, that's for picks and everything, but it's good that you had the little rant because it's you know I don't think that we may have the conversation a ton. There's no line yet for that Washington football team game on Monday afternoon, but it, it's good to talk about that a little bit because it is certainly a big question of can they keep this up? Where are they going to be? Are there any teams in the AFC that are third or fourth are going to be there? And I do think there is a plateau between the Steelers and whoever is next. And, and, you know, we'll probably jump into that at some point when we get into picks, but Matt, we missed well, two hang weeks. On, hang okay, on. Okay. 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 I, I, I don't want to lose that opportunity because I, I think the, what you just brought up though is a fascinating conversation as to who is the, third best team in the AFC. I think it's the Bills, easily. You think it's the Bills. Okay. I think that so their defense is looking way better. Josh Allen right. has been much more has been much sure. more consistent than mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield. Okay. And uh, granted, we're gonna see a lot out of this this Cleveland Tennessee game this weekend. Of course, but, right. You know, I mean Tennessee's been really inconsistent. Cleveland's had some weird shit going on with players that yeah. don't do and don't have COVID that have been hurt. So we don't really. I feel like both of those teams we we don't really have a yeah. we don't have the full picture on. But the Bills, you know, Sands a DeAndre Hopkins catch. They're nine and two. 
you know, they're, true. and they're I in a really good a spot point. and, yeah, and yeah. probably are in a much better position than, than a lot of other teams. Yeah. I, I would say that I, I, I slightly disagree as I don't, I don't know. If, and, and again, I like, I don't know if they're head and shoulders above say I, I Tennessee who, you know, I don't like <laughs> has been, has surprised me. AJ Brown is a great weapon there. Obviously King Henry, their defense, but also along with the Bills' defense, has underperformed from expectation. I think it's a really important point that you make about the Bills. The Bills' offense has carried that team more than the defense has, which I think is shocking, um, because it, that's been a great defensive staff there, de- defensive coaching staff. And um, but both the Bills and the I think the Titans are closer. Um, I still think it's funny how we just kind of forget about the Ravens, mm-hmm. Be- and I know they've struggled, but and I'm not a huge Lamar guy for various reasons, and but they're still a, a pretty good team. And I still think the Colts have more than they showed against, against the, the, the Titans. I still think they're a really good team, but I think it's between, to me, it's between the Titans and, and the bills. And I would probably give the bills a slight edge just because I think I trust that offense a little bit more, but I think it's fascinating because honestly, no one's even talking about this. No one cares who's third. It's all about, Hey, the chiefs are the best team. Do the Steelers have a shot kind of conversation? That's all I hear. It's you know, a very I'm, good point. I'm out, I'm out in the Browns still, by the way. Um, yeah. So we, we'll talk about them, but I'm, I'm out. No, no I, I agree with that take. Uh, but before we go back into yeah. NFL, Matt, we have missed the first two weeks of the college football playoff rankings. And we had a kind of a – we last left you all with a crazy week. Northwestern upsets Wisconsin. Then Northwestern gets upset themselves. Ohio State thumps Indiana had the week uh, had the week off because of COVID. Playing Michigan State this weekend, who just took down Northwestern, Notre Dame because of the because of COVID moving everything around, now is in the ACC championship game. They don't have to do anything else except just you know stay undefeated, so they stay in the the top four. Alabama looks fine, although they're finally playing LSU this weekend. A lot of good stuff there. They thumped Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and then Clemson. Clemson's there. They're playing Virginia Tech. They're hanging on to that three seed, which I feel like is probably the biggest story out of at least the top four in the CFP rankings. Would you disagree with that? Because I find it find that it's a little crazy that Ohio State, who's looked very good, and you can say what you will about the Indiana game, that it was too close or whatever you want to say, but, uh, you know, Ohio State's undefeated and has looked really good at times. I, I find that to be fascinating that Clemson yeah. is number three. I I think the problem here is that Ohio State's always got four wins, and mm-hmm. they're clearly playing in a deflated Big Ten. Um, the pillow bowl occurred between Penn State and our, our sad Wolverines. You know, Michigan State, while they do have a couple maybe good wins, they're not anywhere near the uh, the team that we thought that, that they had been in the past year uh, years when they had Mike D'Antonio there. Um, Wisconsin obviously faltered. Indiana lost their quarterback for the season. Nebraska's terrible. The Big Ten doesn't appear that good. No. Um, so I think that's one thing that hurts them. And their four wins don't appear as high quality as you might have expected them. Their best win is probably Indiana. Oh, my God. I mean, how are you going to match that up against Alabama beating rank? I mean, and then I, I, I got to tell you, Ohio State's got a problem. They've got to get to, what, six games or seven? Six games or seven games? Uh, six games. Six games? There, there's a chance they don't play enough games. I, I know right. they have four. They, I mean, they, and and so all of a sudden, I mean, they, they have a huge con- issue here. And not only that, 
I mean, does a Florida, uh, does a one-loss SEC team have a? I I think they have a better case than so this, Ohio State. This was going to be my yeah. question to you: of we have two SEC teams at fifth and sixth, Texas A and M and Florida. Then Cincinnati's hanging out there at eight zero and keeps beating these teams in the AAC. Granted, who get put in? You know, the, they get put into like the twenties, but they keep beating ranked teams. You know, mm-hmm. is is there a question? to where any of these teams should end up going. I feel like Clemson's being propped up, even though they have a loss, because you know they're a very good team, a good roster, Trevor Lawrence, presumably the number one draft pick. And they're going to play Notre Dame again, presumably. I don't think right. Clemson's I mean, going to lose. I think Clemson's going to make yeah. it to the ACC championship game. So I feel like they're trying to keep it up there to have a two versus three in the ACC championship. But Clemson's dominated. And, and yeah. the other thing, too, is they, they lost without Trevor Lawrence. Correct. So I, I think the committee sees Okay, they lost without their Heisman, a Heisman candidate, superstar quarterback. That's a huge deal. So I, I think, to me, and I, obviously the guy that replaced him is, is going to be a, a high-level high, high level player in this league. I'm not disagreeing there, but I think they look at that and say, and as we talk about this every year when we, when we have these conversations, is the committee knows this is going to work itself out anyway. Most likely, the loser of the AC championship game, there's a chance we'll drop out of the rankings. They don't have to worry about the conversation. Now, Correct. that being said, we, we can get into, well, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Notre Dame has one loss to Clemson. Do they both get in? I don't know. I think you got to see who's at fifth and sixth at that point. Um, I don't know, think it's fair to do that sort of thing. The, 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 they're both ranked, and because Notre Dame beat them before, they, they automatically get to go in. I, that, that always kind of annoys me when that, like that oh. this game doesn't end up mattering. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, but but at the same time, you know, there's been years where you've had the, clearly the two best teams in the SEC or the or in the SEC. You know, yeah. Georgia and Alabama play each other in the SEC championship game, and Alabama wins. Don't get me wrong, but Georgia's Georgia's clearly the second uh, the second best team in the country, and then I, that's where I struggle with you have to win your conference to make the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, this year, a one loss Notre Dame. Should they get in over a Cincinnati? I like Cincinnati. I think they deserve a shot. But at the same time, I don't, if someone said no, I'd understand. I don't know. I go back and forth there. So it's tough. It's challenging. I say this a lot of the, the years that a team is up there. I would like to see those mid-major, the non-Power 5 teams get in there if they're undefeated. Especially this year. It's COVID. It's a wacky year. I find it kind of wild that they're not that fifth or sixth team. Uh, especially where it's three teams in the sec a and m they may not even get a shot to to have that extra game they may not get to the sec championship because of alabama and i don't know i just find that kind of weird that that's how the cookie ends up crumbling in that sense but you know who knows i mean there's all these different canceled games and all this sort of stuff um i do find it crazy that a lot of things haven't even been confirmed. Cincinnati's already definitely in the AAC championship game, but they also haven't played now in what will at that point will have been three weeks because their game against Temple got canceled due to Philly's COVID restrictions. Um, and yeah, now that they're just basically awaiting who their opponent is because Tulsa plays them next week, but they play Navy this week. So I think if Tulsa wins they're in but okay i don't know memphis is out there at four and two and if memphis goes do they, do they get it because they have a better record um i don't know it's, it's all crazy shit but yeah. uh, it would be 
you know, we always seem to find this with the AAC that the the championship game is a rematch. So who knows? I mean, and it, it's you beat a team that was ranked, and then you beat them again when they're not ranked because they're twenty fourth. But who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's going to be nuts seeing how the next couple weeks shake out because of the weird restrictions and the ways that conferences box themselves in the Big Ten. We were just talking about it. The Pac twelve is in a similar position, but. I don't know, I feel like the Pac-12, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I feel like they really played themselves out of where they were. Uh, Oregon losing to Oregon State this past weekend in the Civil War um, you know, really ended up really hurting that conference. But, you know, I don't know, BYU's hanging out there undefeated. I don't think they have any real say into the college football playoff. A, because they're an independent, and when you're not Notre Dame, you really don't get a ton from being independent in, in Division One college football. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I just feel like normally when we look at the top ten or even the top fifteen, you get these, you get a number of these different teams that you could think like, oh, maybe they could they could vault their way here. But part of that, a, is because we get the rankings so much earlier, and at this point, you know, and it is normally at this point of the season when a couple teams have one loss, a few have two. But now there's so many weeks that aren't left, and we've seen a number of these teams try to challenge the big guns. Like your Wisconsin's losing to Northwestern, then Northwestern loses to Indiana. Indiana, their win against Penn State looks almost meaningless now. Um, but Indiana's right there at 12th. Oklahoma's hanging out there. Somehow, it feels like somehow Oklahoma's 11th, but it kind of makes sense. Same with Miami being 10th. But it's all crazy, and I feel like part of it is propping up who's playing in championship games like in Iowa State or at Georgia in case that all works out in the in. I don't know if Florida Florida won, so Florida lost. I they still go to the the championship game. It, it's all weird, but I don't yeah. know. Looking into the but rankings, we're starting to get into tinfoil hat Jordy territory here. But I don't know. Your it, favorites, and I'm I'm here. I'm always here for the tinfoil hat. Uh, yeah, this brings some great questions to me. By the way, so it, it, they are. Yeah, I like to think they're good questions because they're mine. But I don't know. It's just uh, it's nuts to me that so many teams are in the the college football playoff rankings that are in the big 10 like iowa's still ranked wisconsin's at 16th and i get it they haven't played since they lost to northwestern because their game got canceled but like i don't know it's just nuts to me that like these teams that we should almost be writing out and all this different stuff like unc at 17th seems nuts to me they got spanked by notre dame in a game we thought was going to be really good and they're just hanging out there i get they were in the top 10 they were in the top five a few weeks ago but i don't know it's just it's nuts to me that there's all these different teams that we've gotten to see, not only just see play, but got to see play well, like Marshall, yeah. like Coastal Carolina. I mean, even USC. USC looks good, and I don't understand why they're not ahead of uh, North Carolina or any of these Big Ten teams that we haven't gotten to see a ton out of. Yeah, I uh, I think one of the things that the committee is struggling with is you see, because of all the issues you know with COVID, is these teams, some teams seem to swing back and forth in terms of what they bring to the table each week. So they have great wins, they have rough wins. I think it's kind of an ebb and flow for them. Uh, no, but obviously, like I think at the end of the day, it's the things are coming into scope at the top. Yeah, uh, and I I think Alabama looks utterly dominant. Blown away, continued by their success. Not to, I don't know why I'm surprised. It's Alabama, um, <laughs> you know, Notre Dame and Clemson. I, honestly, I, I think I, I personally am comfortable. I, I, I'm not a Notre Dame guy, but if Notre Dame loses to, and I, I, I'm going to say it, if Notre Dame loses in a nail biter to Clemson in the AC championship game, I, I would feel comfortable having them both in. Um, 
you know, I, I, but I think Texas and, and Florida, A&M and Florida are, are, are hyper-worthy as well. And I think if Ohio State gets the games in, it's going to be hard. So you don't want to go off a pedigree, but they're blowing everybody away. Like it, other than, I know Indiana was close late. They kind of made it close, but honestly, they, they do look like one of the best teams in the country. I, I can't deny that. So, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's got to be one of the hard. It's got to be the hardest year for these guys. Got to be. Got to be. Yeah, for sure. And sorry that you uh, started to hear a little bit of a tweet there. Apparently, Chris Collinsworth during the Steelers Ravens game today made a very condescending about women as fans and women as referees in football. Chris, Chris, yeah, you're gonna know better than that. Not, not better good. Hmm. But anyway. Oh, by the way, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do we have anything wanna... else in the, in the realm of college football before we move Yes, on? we do. We do. We had mentioned the Buffalo running back. Yes. Oh, thank God you brought this up. I couldn't miss it. I mean. What a Oh, week. my God. Eight touchdowns. <laughs> That's video game shit. In the world. Yeah. So he goes off against Kent State. I know it's Kent State. But, but still. 36 rushing attempts for 409 yards and eight touchdowns. It's nuts. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's absolutely that insane. That that, this guy, I know we talked about him a little bit in, in the breakdown of him, but I don't know. He's putting his name onto the map. Kind of like a guy who I was very excited when the Eagles drafted him, Donnell Pumphrey. <laughs> but yeah. remember, he, like, he broke all those records and he had all this stuff really building into – into his resume. And I feel like he's going to get a serious look now that he's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only just like he has 300 yards in the game, but eight touchdowns. I mean, that's so he, some... he, here's his, here's his 2020 stat line. This is unreal. He has in four games, he has 920 yards for 16 touchdowns. Holy shit. <laughs> right. Oh like, my God. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. We'll cap off our college talk there because that's kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty unreal. Uh, but before we go to picks, Matt, yes. I'm sure you've probably now seen the breaking news out of the NBA, but a little woge bomb while we're on the air. Did you see this? I, I don't know, so I don't want to answer now. That, that, that they're playing without a bubble? Woge bomb. <gasps> I just saw it. <laughs> The Houston Rockets are trading Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a first rounder. Wow. That is nuts. I mean, is that kind of a I... fuck you to Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook sending him to the Wizards? Oh, well, hang on. I think I like it. Okay. Well, Rory Hachimura so, is going to have like an unreal season now because he has Russell Westbrook. Like... You got Bradley Beal. Okay. Right? Uh, who does not need to be ball dominant like James Harden. Mm-hmm. So you may it may allow Russ to have a little bit more ability to be a point guard and, and he's got a great shooter next to him. He's in the East. Which true. is not as loaded as the West. And it's a little, maybe a little less pressure for him. The question is, is this, I think this has more to do, and I don't know if it makes the Rock, like, I don't think it makes Washington instant title, title contenders, by the way. Okay. Um, the question is, what does this mean for the Rockets? Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like that James Harden getting traded is is bound to follow, right? That's That, to me, is the question. Yeah. What happens now? 
I know the Nets was like the big the big thought of how was that going to happen. I I I don't personally buy into it. I don't think that the Nets would want to mortgage that much just to have Kyrie, who kind of a head case, KD and and James Harden all play together. I feel like Kyrie and James Harden on the same court is not a not a smart idea if you're Jason Kidd or anybody else that's a, a part of that. Let's just call it a stable of coaches and players and crazy thoughts going all over the place. Um, yeah, and and so I, I, it's now fascinating to see what that move is. Do they? Do the Rockets feel like John Wall? Look, look, in his prime, John Wall before the injuries, before some strange off the court stuff. By the way, prime John Wall was a blur on the court. He made he honestly makes Russell Westbrook look slow. Right, that was his thing. Gets you to the rack. Um, still not a shooter. Uh, which the reason I say that is the fit next to Harden. If you're going to, if Harden's ball dominant, you go on a guy who can spot and shoot. Right. And hard, but it, I mean, it, I don't know. It's an interesting fit for John Wall. He got an opportunity to rebuild his image. Um, but that Rockets team is in a weird spot. They, they either need to blow it up and I, I don't know what they need to do. You know, it's kind of a, you know, so I, wow. It's breaking news though. I, I don't know. I got a lot to think about. <laughs> Pretty nuts. I, uh, obviously I'm not the biggest NBA analyst in the world. So it's always good to have Matty D on to, uh, to break this stuff down. But you had to, uh, yeah. we got a, we got a tip. I forgot to put up the questions poll on, um, the Facebook group. So we got one from Emily, you know, noted NBA podcaster slash my fiance, Emily Anderson. Um, <laughs> she said Kevin Agandhi on her show. So if you're, you are looking for a good, uh, inspirational interview, gastrointestinal I'm fucking up the name of that. Look at the Liberty Ballers podcast network for that. Um, but Matt, week 13 is finally here. I guess technically we don't have Thursday night football this week because of the COVID delays and everything. It would have been, I believe it would have been the Cowboys and the Ravens who are supposed to play tomorrow night. Correct. Now the right. Ravens play today. They play this afternoon. Now they get moved to Tuesday night. So we got a lot of extra football on the brain and it's going to be a weird week, man. I, uh, looking over the scoreboard or the, the schedule, I should say trying to get an idea for picks and for what's going to go, what's going to happen. You know, I teased it at the top of the NFC East. No one may win this week. And now it would be officially 500 or worse. If that was indeed the case that the giants and the Washington football team, both lose um, that, it, that it, the best possible record could be, I guess if the Eagles win, they could be eight, seven and one, but uh, we can talk about the Eagles when we get to that. But, I don't know. Every other game, this Falcons Saints game, this Falcon team has been playing really well. You know, that's why that line might be closed. There's all these games that look like they should be absolute blowouts. The Raiders playing the Jets. You think the Raiders should do it, but we thought they should blow out the Falcons last week and they didn't. So I don't know. I feel like this week is a lot of trap picks. I feel like there's some really good games on the docket, but there seems like a lot of trap lines, trap picks, and I don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun, but. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I think there's, there are some, you know, obviously we're starting to see the teams really spread themselves out and, and uh, you're seeing the, the, the big time, the big time teams and, and those, we talked a little bit about that, you know, before and, and we're going to learn a little bit, but now we're going to start to see who are the contenders and who we feel are pretenders uh, as it. we move forward. Oh man, I and love I think, it. I think this week there are some games that are truly going to show you this right off the bat. And I, I'm happy to dive into picks if you're ready, because I'm going to start out with a contender versus pretender game right away. 
if that works for you. Are we yeah, ready? please. Yeah, jump right in. Okay. So I think the first game, contender versus pretender, we're going to learn a lot here. Cleveland going to Tennessee. Uh, both sit at eight and three. I'm glad both you're taking this have, game. I wanted to. St- I'm staying yeah. the fuck away from this. Well, it's a, the line is five and a half for Tennessee. Tennessee comes off a really great shootout victory over the Colts, um, where they scored just a ton of points. Obviously, a little bit buoyed by the late game, you know, onside kick recovery for a touchdown by AJ Brown. Um, the Browns come in with all the confidence I think that they need, even without Odell. They've got this great running game. You probably have the two best rushing attacks in football meeting here. When you think of the Chubb-Hunt combo in in Cleveland, um, a really classic thunder and lightning, in my opinion, although both are both. Both are both thunder and lightning. They're both incredible backs. Um, and then obviously King, King Henry, Derrick Henry, their side. Um, this is going to be a great test for Cleveland against a relatively established division leader in Tennessee. This is, I think, a great opportunity for Cleveland to stamp their claim as contenders. Uh-oh. If they can take Tennessee and beat them, I think Cleveland makes noise and says, hey, we are ready to compete, and, and, and this is it. That being said, I think Cleveland is still a pretender. Um, I'm, I, I love a lot of, about their team. I just don't know if Baker Mayfield in a big game is going to come through for Cleveland. Um, and they are missing weapons. When you think of Odell, they don't have the same weapons on the outside. You know, they're going to have to have a very big ground pound game against a well-coached Tennessee defense. Um, and they're going to have to try to keep the Tennessee offense, which has been more explosive than I could have imagined. Thanks to AJ Brown off the field. Um, I like Tennessee to win by at least a touchdown. Um, and, and I, I think this is a opportunity for these for Tennessee to stake their claim as a contender and then Cleveland be a pretender. So that's my kind of starting conversation there for you for my first pick. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad you took this cuz I don't want I won't, don't want to have to make a pick. I think the Titans should win this game, although you're exactly right. If the Browns pull this thing out, they look really good. You know, they they stake their claim in terms of being right there. You know, obviously they're behind the Steelers and the Ravens in the AFC North, but um, actually, no, they're ahead of the Ravens now. Excuse me. forget what I just said. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Tractor season is just getting up there, and it, it may just be too much. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. Uh, shout out to the Browns, though. They're going to be over, or they're going to be at least 500 for the first time since 2007. It's huge, Maddie. Yeah. And that's also, I want the, I'm not a Cleveland hater. I, I would love to see them have success. Um, they've been a really rough downtrodden franchise for a long time, and I thought they've made a lot of the right moves. I think Kevin Stefanski, the head coach there, deserves credit. Deserves at least many first place picks for the number one, um, number one. Uh, sorry, not number one. Most for coach of the year. Coach, what's the <laughs> coach of the year. I can't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm like every, okay. Coach of the year. He's done an amazing job. Number one um, pick in the NFL so we'll coaches see. draft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Right, I mean, so, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. No, so I'm going to go hmm, – I'm going to wait to pick that game. I am going to go to a team that I mentioned before, the other 8-3 and three team in the AFC, coming in one-point favorite, now playing in Arizona on Monday night. This is the Bills at the 49ers. I mentioned it. I think the Bills are for real. I think they're really good. I think they're showing a lot of consistency. 
Uh, I'm, the Bills are only a one-point favorite. I feel like that that is a pretty easy lock. I think that while this could be probably pretty close, uh, A, right, I'm not going to make it. I was about to make a, a <laughs> joke about their previous game. They want to get revenge at State Farm Stadium. But uh, I don't know. I feel like the Bills are getting healthy. Their defense is looking really good. I know the 49ers have looked pretty good. They had a solid win last week. George Kittle, um, you know, is is looking solid. You know, the whole team really is. Um, Nick Mullins kind of figuring it out. Um, yeah. They're getting healthy too, but they're getting healthier. I mean, they're getting healthier, weapons, but, yeah. but I feel like there's still a lot of holes in their defense. Um, I feel like Devin Singletary, we saw a little bit more out of him that than we've seen all year. And, you know, he, he is not the superstar running back. We thought maybe he was going to be when he was a rookie. But when we look at the rest of the Bills offense with Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, I think is in a really good position to be use his mobility to really help spread it out. And I think use all the different weapons that he has around him to, to really open this thing up. So I feel like this is going to be a high scoring game. The bills defense, if they lock it down, I feel like they win big. They may have a couple slips here or there. Cause there are times that they look a little civish. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the bills here to win and at least by more than one point. Cause that's the line. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Are we going just back and forth here, by yeah, the way? Back and, forth, make sure? back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think another game contender, pretender game, I'm going to stick to my scripture, which is going to be tougher picks, right? I think we'll see. We'll see. But I'm willing to go out on a limb for this one. Um, fascinating divisional game, Los Angeles versus Arizona. So the Rams visiting the Cardinals. Now both teams coming off a loss. Cardinals probably more surprising uh, going down to the Patriots. Although the Patriots have battled well pretty much all year. Um, they keep games close a lot of times. Uh, this is a huge game for both teams because the Cardinals suddenly, their upstart season is getting closer to being on life support than it ever has been. They, they desperately need to prove that they can win. They, they've been more um, fantasy, as I know from having Kyler Burrell, he's had a couple week games. They've been more fantasy football related relative and they have actual winning games. And then obviously LA loses a kind of a, a divisional clunker to San Francisco. Um, although I kind of saw it coming. They've been playing so well. Uh, you kind of saw that game come out and Jared Goff didn't play well. Should we bench him? No, you shouldn't bench him. We're fine. But uh huge game here. Uh, I think at the end of the day, this is a game where the Rams will prove that they are true contenders and the Cardinals will show that they need another year for various reasons, whether it's defense, offensive line, um, Kyler's continued growth um, at six and five, when they go to six and six, and they still have an outside shot, but it's going to be much more challenging now to find one of those wild card spots because you have a number of other good teams and other divisions. So I, I like the Rams to show that they are a, a, a true contender and to me, getting closer to that kind of position A wild card team, when you think of the rest of the NFC, um, position themselves to be that number five seed um, and uh, potentially instead of a mashup in the NFC East, which I think they would uh, thoroughly enjoy having to face an yeah. NFC East team. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Jared Goff, so you have a kind of a weird game and kind of a, a bad game for their defense too, but their defense has been very solid all year. We thought maybe they were a pretender defense at the beginning of the year and they've looked nothing but better and better and better last week not you know notwithstanding i think the big key here though is that they hold 
rushing attacks down to less than 100 yards a game, which is outstanding in the NFL. Um, and I feel like a lot of where Arizona's offense gets generated is by how much Kyler Murray's running. And I feel like this might be another clunker week for Murray. Um, I hate to say it because I've had a lot of fun watching him. He's a, it's a great red zone to tune in to see where, you know, what Kyler Murray's doing and how that offense is going. Obviously, you know, they have a number of different great weapons that they can throw to. But I feel like this is going to be a game that disappoints a little bit. The over-under set at 40 and a half. And you'd think with marquee names on both sides of the ball that this would be thought of as a really high-scoring game. Arizona's defense isn't very good. But LA's defense being really good is the big difference maker here. So I, I like that pick from you of the Rams. Um, and yeah, I would love to have seen Arizona get really close, continue on. A really good year, but I think you're right. I think they're a year away, maybe a couple years away. I don't know what that missing piece is. There's probably a number of different questions that we can talk about getting closer to the draft. This would actually be a really fun team to profile right before mm-hmm. the draft to be like, all right, you know, where who could they take depending on where they end up getting in the draft, you know, having that those mid teens picks because they'll probably finish somewhere around nine and seven, maybe eight and eight, maybe nine maybe nine and seven. Maybe they sneak their way as the seventh seed. Um but yeah, I uh I agree with you though. It's kind of a weird, uh, weird shake of events for him. But who knows? Wacky week. Who knows? Right. I'm gonna go over. I'm still gonna stay away from a game I was about to look at for my first pick. But I am gonna go to the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. Lions with a huge win on Thanksgiving over the Houston Texans. The Bears. I don't know what to think about them. They got really embarrassed on Sunday night football now return to the one o'clock slot facing a Detroit Lions team who I think is building some confidence here and I know their defense isn't great I know that Chicago's defense has really stunk you know for as good as we thought it was they've had a number of different guys missing either due to COVID or injury or what what have you this is two really bad offenses colliding with one another um, and that being said, I feel like the final score of this is going to be like 10-7. I'm going to go with the Bears here because I feel like Detroit, after such a huge win, is down to put down a little bit of a of a clunker, maybe a little Detroit lie-downs type of game. Uh, but I would watch out. This is, this is something, if it was more than three points, I'd probably take the Lions because Adrian Peterson looks like he's turning back the clocks once again. TJ Hawkinson is continuing to have a great year. And depending on who's a quarterback for the Bears, you know, we're going to have a lot of questions. The big difference is David Montgomery, who seemed to finally have some sort of breakout last week with a Bears team that really, for whatever reason, is not running the football. They're last in the league in rushing yards per game. They're actually 20th in passing yards, which kind of shocks me. Allen Robinson, big reason for that. Uh, Detroit's rush attack, though, it's probably what the, what the Texans were missing last week. Uh, their their rush defense is really abysmal, and, and their passing defense is much better. But um, it's going to be a, a showdown of running backs here, and I feel like that between Montgomery and anything else that gets thrown out there, if it's Mitch, if it's Nick Foles, if he's fine, I don't know. I feel like they're going to get it done. So I'm going to take the Bears minus three, but I, I would not be surprised to see the Bears put up a complete dud and the Lions blow them out. I feel like it's one or the other. Okay kind of a rough game for both teams to both both teams their year is you know yeah um but i see it 
I'm going to stick with a contender, pretender situation. I've been doing it the whole time. I think it's important to continue the conversation. Stick to your guns. This one's a little different because it's not a contender. It's not two high-ranked teams coming together, but it's a major opportunity for a team to stake their claim at having a shot at the wild card in the AFC. And that is the five and six Patriots visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. This is the game that I kept being like, I'm going to push okay. it back. Yeah. It's a one-point line for the char- for the Patriots on the road against a Chargers team that, similar to Arizona, has shown a lot of positives while still not winning a lot of games. Even worse, obviously, a three and eight. They still have injuries. We got Durbin James missing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and Austin Eckler finally back after being out for a number of weeks. Justin Herbert looks like the real deal, but obviously he's not winning yet. And that's important. A lot of great quarterbacks, though, don't win in their rookie year. Um, New England, this is a must win for New England. Pretty much must win all the way out. If you think about some of the other teams in the AFC, they're going to take playoff spots. The Dolphins are up there. The Raiders are up there. Um, the uh, trying to think of who else we, we talked about. Well, obviously, Buffalo's leading their division. Um, Baltimore, the C- Cleveland Browns. So there is just a ton of teams that are vying for a position. This is a must win for the Pats. Yeah, so... Yet, go ahead. I was going to say, what what scared me away from this game, A, it's a must win for the Patriots, who have looked very inconsistent. Anthony Lynn is the biggest X factor, because if he has a week like last week where he's making weird play calls, kind of really outplaying himself, this should be an easy walk in the park for the Patriots. But if he throws together some semblance of competency, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like this could be something where the Patriots walk in thinking they, they got this on lock and Austin Eckler has a huge day. Herbert maybe doesn't get the keys to the Ferrari, but it's the keys to, you know, the little nice compact car, nice, nice, uh, enterprise and only costs you $75 a day, you know, and the, the chargers get after this. So that, that's what, that's what was scaring me a little bit is that this comes down to yeah. coaching. We obviously know what Belichick has. Oh yeah. I agree with I, that. I don't know about Anthony Lynn. That's what scares me. I feel like this should be a lock to the Patriots, but there's a reason why it's only a point. I, I'm taking the Chargers here. Yeah. I think the Patriots are exposed as, as pretenders in this game. Um, I, I just don't think Cam Newton has enough. Uh, there's already a lack of weapons on the outside, as we know. They do have a good running attack. But I, I think the one thing with the Chargers, you've got to be able to keep pace with this offense. They're going to score on anybody. That's something we've seen. They're going to make some mistakes, but they're going to score on anybody. Um and a still COVID-depleted Pats defense when you think about who opted out at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm, I ha- I'm leaning Chargers uh, to, to expose the Pats here a little bit after a big win over the Cardinals that the Patriots had. Yeah, I, uh, I like that a lot. It's, there was a little... That was my third, right? Yeah, That was your third. Sorry, now we're on to my third. So, all right, I'm just going to make this one because it's pretty easy. Chiefs minus 14 versus the Broncos. Broncos who put up a you know an okay fight against the Saints, the big meme going around that uh Hinton had his had scored up scored as many points on the Saints as Tom Brady did. Um but I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to cover this fourteen point spread. I just think that this team you know, we, we think that these giant lines the Chiefs aren't gonna cover and then they do and then some. Their defense is that good that no matter who of the stable of Denver Broncos quarterbacks that all came off the COVID list yesterday uh, throws gets thrown out there. It, you know, they're, they're going to shut that down. Mahomes is going to have a huge week where we saw what they did last week. Tyreek Hill, obviously four touchdowns, humongous week. He may not, you know, 
it's obvious he won't do it again of four touchdowns, but he'll still have a big week. He'll be a big factor. I would imagine a guy like Sammy Watkins or maybe a Michael Hardman will probably have a big week as well. Travis Kelsey, I feel like this has him written all over it to just play smash mouth football. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus 14. I know that's not a ton of great analysis. I'd love to give you some more positives <laughs> on the Broncos, but I don't know. We Look, keep thinking that, that these giant lines are not going to cover. And then they I do. Know. So. They do. Sometimes you got to say it like it is. So I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. I think it's another really important game. And this is the AFC South. Um, this is the Colts versus the Texans. Uh, Colts going down to Texans. So the Texans just lost Will Fuller for um, – the rest of the season, they lost the number one corner as well to a similar violation. Um, both are due to like some kind of performance enhancing supplements or something that they took. Um, but the Texans are still, they've been playing better football than the start of the year. And, and they're still a super dangerous. Anytime, anytime Deshaun Watson's across from you, they're still really dangerous teams. The Colts team, the Colts come off a brutal loss to the Titans. Um, this is, this is a game that they really need to prove again. I think they're already contenders, but this is a must win division game to me for the Colts. They need to come out and handle their business. It's only a three-point line, which I understand in divisional, but I like the Colts to take this one over the Texans. A lot has to do with the injuries that the Texans have on offense, um, but I think a lot, too, has to do with Phillip Rivers. I trust him to come out, put together a decent performance um, against the uh, against a, a dangerously record. The record is poor, but a dangerous Texans team at all times. Yeah, I uh, I gotta agree with you on that. This is one that seems like it should be an absolute lock, but I don't know. The the Texans look fairly lifeless last week, where they put up kind of a fight. We talked about a little bit with Detroit, but their defense just looked abysmal. And I feel like the Colts are looking for something here. Phillip Rivers wants to show you know, he's got one last ride to him. Get to eight and four. Uh, I feel like this is a complete lock for the Colts. So that's a great pick, Maddie. Uh, I know you are a big Colts guy. I feel like their defense. I feel like it's been a little bit against the uh, the thought that we keep having, but I feel like this is a week that, that brings them back to that elite caliber that we were talking about you know, way back a couple months ago. What are you heading next, Tommy? So, looking at this, we're, we're really on some uh, some serious big boy lines, uh, except for one. I'm going to stay away from that game. <laughs> because I, I'm just going to say this, and I might as well just pick them. Me and Fantasy, both regular and daily, I really thought the Raiders were going to completely demolish the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are like the fucking Minnesota Vikings to me. They're a team that completely betrays my trust. So I'm staying away from the Saints and Falcons game, but I'm going to go to the Raiders and the Jets. The Jets, who at this point just need to keep fucking losing, keep doing it. I got, you know, we got got some a good win. We got a backdoor cover from the Jets a couple weeks ago. Staying away from it. I'm going with the Raiders. Minus seven. This is the week that they got to really show something. This is a, a contender-pretender game that you're talking about where the Raiders somehow, A, if they lose to the Jets, you know, good luck. But B, even if this is like some sort of close game, if they don't cover this, I feel like this is something where we now have to really ask some serious questions about this team. This should be a game that Derek Carr walks all over. And I understand you know, Darren Waller didn't have a huge week last week. And it becomes, I feel like the, the offense is starting to become, it goes where he goes. And Derek Carr is able to stick up to it. And I don't know, it, you know they're playing down to their to their opponent's level. They did last week, obviously, losing 
in glorious fashion to Atlanta. Derek Carr can't possibly have as many turnovers as he did last week, which we say that as Eagles fans thinking Carson Wentz can't do it, and then he throws it when a guy went right, and or what guy went left, and he threw it right. But we're not talking about the Eagles. Taking the Raiders here, minus seven. I have to take a dog at some point, but I don't think the Jets plus seven is the right play. If it was more than that, if it was eight and a half like I had a couple weeks ago, maybe take that. But I don't know. I feel like it's stuck right at seven because they want to try to get one side to the other to tilt it to the other side. So I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Hopefully it moves down a little bit. We get a little more New York money in there. They're at home, one o'clock game on CBS. But go on the Raiders minus seven. Okay. Okay. By the way, I agree. You made that contender pretender comment. I think this is a game with your point. I think the Raiders need to crush the Jets. They need to. Last this week is, was a like what I was getting at after with, right. the, with the Steelers at the top of the show. Like this is what the Raiders need to do. If they want to yeah. show that they're any sort of threat, they need to beat the shit out of the Jets. Because otherwise they're going to be the, the Saturday afternoon wild card game. I don't know how it's going to mm-hmm. go. If we Do we get three games a day? Wild no card idea. weekend now? First time ever. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be know. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be great. Like, are we gonna get Friday night playoff game? Can you imagine that? Yeah, I think one of the Look, I, is it true? One of the games ahead. is on Nickelodeon. I think I read that I have somewhere. No idea. You're That'd way be ahead nuts. of my. <laughs> my get fucking Hey Arnold one. on the call. <laughs> Tommy Pickles. Be great. Anyway, uh, well, I'm gonna jump back to. I'm trying to stay on this vibe I'm going, right? So another game that I think is interesting, and I don't think the one team is a pretender, but I think this is an important game for them to go out. And and so they played this team two weeks ago, and that's the Saints visiting now the Falcons. The Falcons statistically, as we always know, have a dominant offense. Um, they are they are throwing it all over the yard. Um the receiving core is is, is, is is hyper-talented. If they can put up points against the Saints, which they couldn't two weeks ago, but if they can, the question is, can Taysom Hill do enough to keep the Saints rolling? The Saints got an essential bye week last week when they got to play the quarterbackless Broncos. Does this hurt them at all? They're only a three-point line. They're only a three-point favorite. They need Taysom Hill needs to prove it. He hasn't been put in a position at the end of a game where he needs to throw to win. He still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. Michael Thomas has still done very little. I think it's really important that they come out and and take because Breeze is out a few more weeks minimum. And when he comes back, what will his health be? So if you make the move to Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, who we know all of his warts can throw the ball all over the place. You go with Hill. He needs to prove that if the, that he can keep up with somebody because when they get into a track meet in the playoffs with a Packers team or you know a, um, a Seattle team that can throw or even a Rams team that has weapons, if Breeze is injured or even if he's not injured, can this offense play from behind or not? I don't know. It's a good question. So – I'm interested to see here if they can prove that, that that Taysom Hill is not a fluke and he hasn't been getting by due to the talent around him. Um, so I'm interested to see. I do like the Saints still to win, and I like them to cover, although I think this is a sneaky upset pick. Um, interdivisional game on the road uh, with a high-powered Falcons offense. I'm really close to picking the Falcons here, by the way. 
but I've been burned enough by the Falcons. So I'm going to stay with the Saints to cover, but I think it's a fascinating game to watch. This is why I stay away from it. Because this is something <laughs> where we've seen how many years in a row the Falcons start off terribly. We definitely saw it last year. And then they turn it on and we're wondering what the hell's going on with them. Matt Ryan, why doesn't he have better seasons? Blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. I feel like their defense is, it looked good last week where Derek Carr was literally just like dropping balls left and right. Um, but I don't know. This is, uh, there's a lot of weird shit going on, going on around that game. <clears throat> Maddie mentioned him before a team. I absolutely despise and a QB who I think sucks, but if I had kept him on my fantasy team and nobody, nobody cares about our fantasy teams, but if I had kept him, maybe I would have fucking won this week. The Minnesota Vikings playing the Jacksonville Jaguars 10 point line. I know Adam Thielen's back. I know Justin Jefferson looks great. Doesn't he, Howie? And I know the Jacksonville Jaguars are in full freefall mode. But this is some this is a game that I feel like is going to be high scoring, balls to the wall. The Jaguars for whatever reason love to play close games when they should be getting the shit beaten out of them. This is something I I know that they have not looked great on offense at times with a rush attack. I feel like might be the difference maker to get them not to win, but to keep this thing close and cover the 10 point spread. So I'm going with the Jaguars plus 10 in a absolute shootout. Wow, both of these defenses okay. are atrocious. Both defenses are awful. And I know the Vikings looked really good this past weekend, but they, made the Cowboys with Andy Dalton look good two weeks ago. We thought they were gonna they were gonna absolutely demolish them. And they made a Carolina team who has been up and down. They made them look good. They let up twenty seven points there. This is gonna be an absolute high scoring affair. I'm definitely at least when I when I put real money down on this, I'm gonna bet the over. But I like Jacksonville plus ten here. So I'm gonna go with that, knowing how shitty their offense is. I still think the Jacksonville Jaguars keep this thing close. All right. All right. How many do we have left? Uh, that was my that was my fifth pick. So we each have two left. Two left. Okay. <sighs> we will get a guest picker back next week, I promise. No, I keep forgetting okay. to ask I, No, 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 no. I, I guess I, I, I can't wait. So that wasn't just to you. That was to the audience. <laughs> no, I get that. No, I know. I can't wait. I got to take this pick because I cannot imagine a worse Monday night game because Dallas is going to get slaughtered. You mean Tuesday night game? This is Tuesday, Tuesday night, night game. Excuse me. I apologize. You're right. Tuesday night game. Dallas is going to get slaughtered by Baltimore. Baltimore, obviously, with a tough loss tonight, without their majority of their, their MVP quarterback gone, two top running backs out, um, most productive and consistent wide receiver out. Um, their, their, their top flight t- tight end out a uh, couple defensive linemen out. Uh, this team just got ravaged by COVID and injuries in general. They are, they, it's, it's honestly getting close to, for them, Baltimore, they, they got to win because the, the, the division's pretty much gone. They, they're fighting for a wild card spot. They're two back from Cleveland. So this game is huge for them. I think they are going to plaster the Cowboys um, the Cowboys did not look good. Obviously they've had a long 
Um, the one thing that works in the Cowboys here is they've had a long break, but that you know, the to me, you look at the Ravens, they've got a great defense to match the Cowboys' strength when you think of their three great corners that they have versus the, the three wide receivers in, in, in Dallas. Um, they have the, the guys up front to slow down Zeke Elliott, uh, and, and I don't know how their defense is going to stop a, a upset Lamar Jackson. So no, it's a short week for the Ravens, but I think they get up for this game and they get after it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I was on mute. I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I agree with you. I, I think we saw a lot of lifelessness from the from the Cowboys. I feel like the fact that the football team pulled away so late in that game, I feel like is the real difference maker of where that team is this season. The fact that they let that team really walk all over them just shows that they've kind of they packed it in. You know, I know losing Dak obviously hit him a lot. They had Andy Dalton. You know, he got concussed, and they had Gucci Danucci. And, you know, Andy Dalton's back. They had a big emotional win after uh, McCarthy went full Gallagher. But I feel like that that was probably it. Now the team is really uh, on their last legs. They're just hoping this thing really gets to uh, to the end of the season. I, Matt, I heard an interview on Pardon My Take. They have Dion come on every week. And um, they asked him about Tractor Cito and, and why he ends up doing so well towards the end of the year. And... They then asked about, like, you know, towards the end of the year, how does, does everything go? And, you know, he kind of answers both with this way, that as defensive backs, they call playing pinball. Because they – or no, they're playing bowling. Playing bowling, excuse me. Because they they put up the bumpers on the sidelines because they want the game to go by so fast. So I feel like Lamar Jackson might have a huge rushing game. No matter who we see, whether it's Mark Edwards or anybody that comes back, you know, whether it's Mark Ingram or Jakey Dobbins um, – they're going to have a huge week rushing wise. I mean, I feel like it's a, a huge streaming opportunity for you either in daily fantasy, regular fantasy, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some bowling going on in that uh, Tuesday night football game. And it might be over in like two and a half hours. Cause it may just be all rushing. I don't know where the hell Zeke Elliott is. What the hell happened to him? Did he, did he like, did he take a bad, you know, does he eating sh- shitty? Like what, why does he look like he's a 12 year old in a grown man's body when he's running the football? Why can't he hold on to the ball? Does he need to be duct taped? Like what's another, his name in, uh, in Friday Night Lights? Another, another example of why you don't pay a running back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm glad the Cowboys did, you know. Uh, I'm sure they're saying that, though, about the Eagles paying Carson Wentz, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's to me, my sixth pick. And we have the Eagles on the board. We have the Washington football team on the board. Uh, I already took the Chiefs. And then that leaves the Bengals and the Dolphins, which uh, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to take the Steelers minus whatever it ends up being. It's probably going to be like over 10 points, if I had to guess, against the Washington football team. Uh, A a team who did look really good last week. They really ran down Dallas's throat. Their rush attack looked awesome. Uh, Alex Smith, you know, putting things together and, you know, um, I don't know. I just think that that defense, we talked about the Steelers. You really did at the start of the show of just how good they are. And this is a team who really is, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're really coming together. And I know uh, it's a, it'll probably be a large line, but no matter what ends up happening with this team, you talked about it a little bit that Big Ben didn't have the best game ever. Chase Claypool didn't really have a huge game, and he's been a huge factor to this team 
when Juju Smith-Schuster, who did have a touchdown tonight, has been kind of all over the place, but I feel like they'll key in on Antonio Gibson and really make Alex Smith turn back the clock, you know, those pre-Patrick Mahomes days on the Chiefs and, and, you know, even going all the way back to the pre-Kaepernick days on the 49ers type of Alex Smith. And I just don't think they have the weapons around him to try to really hold it up. I don't think Terry McLaurin is going to be able to stand up to the to any defensive back. They could put whomever they wanted to, the Steelers could, on, you know, really any receiver. They, they could key in, they could even play, like, prevent defense and probably do a pretty good job here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not trying to shit on the Washington football team that much. Um, but I don't know. I know the, the football team's numbers have been really good. Their passing yards against is number one in the NFL. It's over 10 yards, or almost 10 yards, better than the Steelers, who's second in the league. But the Steelers' defense is really that good. And I don't know. I feel like this is a big, it could be a big Benny Snell game. It could be a, a huge return to form for James Washington or, or really anybody on that team. I mean, hell, even Big Ben could go bowling ball Ben on, on them and, and figure it out. But I like the Steelers to go all the way up to 12-0 and 0, uh, and really... You know, we'll, we'll have to see where they're at, you know, at the three-quarter mark and, and where they go for the rest of December. But for right now, keep that keep the party rolling with them and, and see where they go. Because the Steelers' offense is in the bottom quarter of the NFL in terms of yards per game, points per game, they're fine. And I feel like they're due for a real blow-up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they do well against the shitty teams. You know, Dallas notwithstanding a couple weeks back, but, like, the shitty teams... They actually, their defense, A, really steps up, which is a sign of a true contender, going back to the, the Raiders and Jets. But their their offense actually looks good. And I know, like, today wasn't very good. The first game against the Ravens, they squeaked that thing out. But I don't know. I just think this could be a real, real shit-kicking of a game. And the NFC East is going to look really weird seven days from now. Uh, I think the NFC East has an opportunity. You look at this slate because I'm looking at what game I can pick next, and there's two NFC East games left, if you will. And, and oh yeah, one non- that, I didn't even East mention game. the Giants and the fucking Seahawks. Uh, yeah, and I mean this is going to be like, yeah, I don't know what to tell. Uh, like this is brutal. Um, God, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what game I want to pick. I mean, I I, I want to pick an NFC East game here because I think it would be fun. I get nervous because I, I don't want to, I'm trying not to be biased here, you know? Um, huh. Huh. Damn, you put me in a pickle, Jordy. Well, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same pickle. I have to pick the scraps of the game you don't pick. Right, well, well, you you could, no, we haven't touched, there's another, there's a non-NFC's game we haven't touched. No, 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 I mentioned it and I was about to go into it and yeah. I backed away because that line is so stupid. Right, and I have no idea what's going to happen with, you know, Joe Burrow's team. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you take the Giants. I'm going to talk Eagles real quick, Eagles-Green Bay. Um, eight and a half point line for Green Bay at home. Eagles come off another disappointing loss. Offense looked completely inept until Carson found his playmaking ability. And then late in the game, you saw it come to life a little bit. So I'm not saying the Eagles are going to win, but they are clearly a backdoor cover dream after last week. All-time bad beat last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. A Hail Mary one-hander by a former Packer, Richard Rodgers. 
I like the Eagles to cover the eight and a half point spread, whether it's a touchdown, nine points, six points. Would not be the podcast. I don't think they have Matt enough taking the Eagles. to win, but I think they could stay close if they give Miles Sanders the ball a little bit more, and this offense comes to life a little bit more. Um, it can't get much worse. So, and the defense looks good, looks good, not great, good. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go Eagles to cover against Green Bay. Well, I think there's a couple question marks on the Green Bay side of things, right? Like Valdez Scandling looked great the last couple weeks, and that was nowhere to be seen last week for Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly is really getting it done, and they really kicked the shit out of the Bears last week, which is not saying much. They've, you know, always – Aaron Rodgers loves beating the shit out of the Bears. But, I don't know, there are a lot of question marks. Devontae Adams is is probably going to have a big game. Although, Darius Slay got blown up, obviously all the, the different news of what Jim Schwartz may have said, Darius Slay saying, his presser afterwards saying he's got to be better. So that that's going to be a real key matchup to look into. But I think the rush attack from Green Bay against the front seven of the Eagles, which actually did look pretty good against, against a Seattle team that, you know, uh, it, their offense was really great, but the, the front seven kept the Eagles in this thing for a while on Monday night. So I don't know, man, that that's not a terrible pick as much as I don't like picking the Eagles and, and think that that could be a, uh, you know, a, a dangerous line at eight and a half. I feel like it's begging people to take the Eagles. So I feel like that's going to move lower by the time game day rolls around. Um, this is the 425 game on CBS, the same time as the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if this is the Jim Nance game or if the Patriots chargers is, uh, both are kind of weird, weird games. It'd be kind of funny if the the Jim Nance game was for two under 500 teams, but I digress. Uh, it'd also be very weird to hear uh, Tony Romo have to talk about Aaron Rodgers and then the team that he hated his entire career. So it's, it's kind of a, a rock and a hard place, I feel like, for the CBS crew. But you called it out and, and said to, that I'm going to have to take the Giants. And I'm going to go to this game. I forgot it when I was running through the, the slate last uh, last round. But the Seattle Seahawks, their offense looked really good. DK had a really good game. Russell West, Russell Wilson, excuse me. We've talked about Russell Westbrook already. He got traded. Um, had a pretty good game, but it, you know he got beat up a little bit. The Giants' defense, nothing to really write home about. Which don't tell that to the Eagles because they uh, got a little embarrassed a couple weeks ago. Um, but I feel like we. Got we got a good game out of Chris Carson, and I feel like we're due for that again. I know their front their front seven has looked very good, uh, but it's not you know competent play calling and running the ball north south, which is what Chris Carson does, is a good way to get past that. And I'm not just saying this because I have Tyler Lockett in fantasy. We barely saw any of Tyler Lockett in that game on Monday Night Football. He didn't get a catch until the fourth quarter. He ended up with three or four catches, I think it was. He's had this season and i know this from having him in fantasy where he has a huge game then he goes away for a couple weeks dk usually ends up picking up the 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 slack from there i feel like tyler lockett's gonna have a huge week this week dk probably is gonna do very well as well and they could probably have both guys running either these these interesting slants of where they're stacked you have dk going deep obviously russell wilson loves throwing it deep to him dk had that incredible deep ball catch but then Tyler Lockett kind of opening up that that second level, maybe the flat, and and making a lot of work with his feet. 
Um, the Giants on the other side of things, Daniel Jones has actually looked pretty good the last couple weeks. Willie Gallman has been the real MVP of that team. Um, obviously, Slayton. Has- Hang on, Daniel Jones is out, though. Oh, you're right. That's right. He got, what was he, concussed? Or ankle uh, injury? Uh, no, it's a hamstring. A hamstring that- injury. Then you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, th- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Seahawks minus 10 here. Because um, what, we get Colt McCoy, right? Colt McCoy. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so actually, he's not, he's not officially out. Yeah. But it's moving towards him being out. Yeah. Yeah, so Colt McCoy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't. I don't really see that getting done. Uh, Bobby Wagner, by the way, we, we didn't mention it with the Eagles game. He's he looked great. Man. He looked He's incredible, and I feel like that's yeah. only going to continue in this game. Um, so yeah, give me the Seahawks minus ten. And then I was about to pick into it the the one game we missed the Cincinnati Bengals against the Dolphins. You mentioned it. We don't know no Burrow. They didn't look very good last week against the Giants. Um, Dolphins though. I feel like even if two is healthy, just go back to to the Fitz Magic. He's looked great the last two weeks. They're in such a tough spot. I, I don't. I feel bad for the Dolphins, man, because I, I don't know what to tell them to do. Um, but I personally, they're not winning a Super Bowl with Fitzpatrick, so I'm playing to it. Okay, that that's, that's what fair. I feel when it comes to quarterbacks. I, I, if my quarterback doesn't have the talent to win a Super Bowl, why is he starting? Um, and it's, it's just something that I think too many teams get stuck in a rut with. Um, but it's why you draft talents. And obviously there's exceptions to this rule, but there's so few and far between. And it would take a really special defense or running game. You know, I think of the Titans. Most teams, I wouldn't consider Tannehill good enough to win a Super Bowl. But with Derrick Henry and the defense that I think is going to play better, I think he has a shot. That's the kind of... That's the exception to the rule. It's the Brad Johnson's um, Troy uh, Trent Dilfer exceptions, and I don't think the Dolphins are that team. So no, I don't think so either. Especially in a year where the the Chiefs are so good, the Steelers look really good, and have a have a Super Bowl caliber, incredible defense, like eighty five Bears type of good defense. Um, yeah, it's that's a really good point there. I'm just thinking the short term. You know, if two, you, you don't want to, like, fuck around with his thumb. But the Bengals' defense, not that good. Um, college games, Matt. We'll pick those, then we'll come back to a little – close up with a little more uh, NFL talk. But what do you got for a college game this weekend? Yeah, another tough week, you know, to your point with all these uh, all these teams, you know, kind of in and out and, and, and who's playing who. Um, and, and we thought Alabama-LSU might be a good matchup, but it's really not. I, I, you know, I'm going to struggle to even say that's a game we, I want to get anywhere near with like a 50-foot pole, um, you know. So I, I kind of leads me to – I don't know if it's – if it's did another game just get canceled? No, no, never mind. Sorry, I thought I saw something weird. It's just a rough slate this week, man. I, I was kind of peeking around like where, where do we go? You know it's a rough I, game when North right. Carolina against West Carolina stays on the board at minus 48 and a half. Like, you know it's a rough week, and they're really trying to bring in bets when they have that still on the board. Yeah, that is rough. <laughs> um, how about an interesting game here in the Big 12? We've talked a lot about the Big 12. West Virginia visiting Iowa State. Iowa State's number nine in the nation, by the way. Seven and two. Sneaking into the rankings. Um, they've had a hell of a year. Brock Purdy is a pretty good quarterback for up there. Uh, I think Iowa State handles a underrated West Virginia team. 
I love what Iowa State's built. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, but I, I think this will give them the opportunity, by the way, if Iowa State wins to finish alone in first in the Big 12. How about that? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so, why haven't they officially clinched a spot in the championship game? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm yeah. trying to think. Well, you got you got Oklahoma at six and two. So if they win and Iowa State loses, that's you know that that's are they six and two or, or they're six and two overall, but they're five and two in the conference. Oh, are they? I'm not sure. Why they're they a game and a half to... up on both. I guess technically, I guess if I don't know, it, it whatever. But uh, yeah. anyway, you 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 were saying about the game. No, I'm just saying, I think it's a great game. West Virginia has been sneakily good. They're kind of slowly rebuilding there uh, in West Virginia after a number of years after the Dana uh, Holgerson era, era ended. Um, so we'll kind of see what they can do. Um, you know, Jared uh, Doge up there for the quarterback for them with 13 touchdowns, uh, Letty Brown uh, running back with nine. But honestly, um, I like I like Brock Purdy. I like Brees Hall, 16 touchdowns, averages six and a half yards a carry. Um, to kind of have their way with uh, with West Virginia and capture, I don't know how long, long it's been since Iowa State was the sole sole winner of the Big Twelve. It's been pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean they've had an incredible year. We've talked about it a ton. A, a program on the rise too. They've had a you know, subtly had these really good years, week after or season after season after season. Why am I saying weeks? But yeah, I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, so I. I was really close to making your brother Jack want to kill me and picking a Rutgers plus 11 against Penn State. But that's uh, a <laughs> Rutgers at home. Shiano has been electric since coming back to, to Rutgers. But I'm going to go out to the Pac-12 and look at number two Washington against Stanford. And I almost went Oregon-Cal here because it's a little bit smaller of a line. But road game you know a lot of weird stuff i'm gonna go with washington in this game mainly on the fact that stanford has been a little bit of the opposite of the stanford teams that we've known of a very pass heavy team but no run game whatsoever and i really like what washington's been able to do they've squeaked out a couple close wins they including last week against utah and a barn burner of a game but they've really been able to put the ball on the ground for one they're 40th in the nation in rushing yards per game but their pass attack isn't terrible dylan morris kind of is you know okay start to the year four and three touchdowns interceptions but they got this guy cade otten who i actually like what he's been able to put together only three touchdowns through three games uh but i really like washington here to, to cover this is 11 and a half point spread Saturday at 4 p.m., 1 o'clock start local time. I'm going to go with the Huskies here to beat down on the Stanford Cardinal, who kind of in a weird year. I know, uh, obviously, the Pac-12 had a very strange year, but a weird year for Stanford where we thought maybe they might be a little better. It's one thing that gave me pause with this, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Cardinal. Or with, uh, with right. the Huskies to beat the Cardinal. Okay. All right. Uh, Washington used to be uh, the top dog in the, big, in the uh, Pac-12, so... Um, they got a lot of work to do to catch back up, but, uh, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, but that, that'll do it. So we, let's go back to the NFL. You mentioned a little bit about it with quarterbacks. Obviously we both have probably been asked this question a ton about Carson. You mentioned a little bit of, of that. He looked better towards the end of the game, but we have to talk about the start of the game because a lot of three and outs, 
no rushing plays for the first what seemed like three of those three and outs. Um, Miles Sanders barely getting the ball. They had negative yards to the first quarter. What was your immediate reaction during it? Because I just kind of leaned into the 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 defense is playing great. This isn't going to last. Let's just try, you know, say fuck it. The offense is terrible. But yeah. I don't know. It, there was some excitement towards the end of that because we started to see a couple different guys. Dallas Goddard really got involved. But I don't know. Alshon Jeffrey got a lot of plays where Travis Fulgham in your hot hand. I'm not sure what the hell was really going on with not even just the play calling, but the offensive scheming going through this of who the personnel was out on the field and what's going on there. Zach Ertz has been reactivated. So take me through what to think, because we have different guys now on the offensive line that are getting banged up. We found out all this stuff about right. Jason, Jason Peters. So take me through how we should expect the Eagles offense to, to act in the final five weeks of the season. Well, I thought the first thing that I took away that first exi- the first possession we did the right thing we got the ball right away you got a, you got a great Seattle offense you want to get the ball and try to score the first play is a drop the second play is a misfire and the third play is a drop by Alshon Jeffrey and the way I saw it is it's pretty much the epitome of how our season is gone when when Carson makes the throw mistakes are made by the receivers when Carson miss that when when the receivers are open Carson seems to miss them like it's just not a good setup i think if i'm like doug peterson's on thin ice as we already know i think it's wrong by the way teams have bad years think of the rams last year they had a bad year last year um uh, for the next five weeks you got to find out who is supposed to be on this roster next year Uh, it's just why i've had enough of alshon jeffrey on the field Uh, to me you you gotta so you gotta have ward and 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 fulgham out there you gotta have Rieger out there, and you got to have Hightower out there. What can they bring to the table? Uh, you got to have Dallas Goddard out there, as we already know. He's obviously probably the most talented, productive pass catcher right now today. I, you got to have him out there. You got to let Carson try to build rapport with these guys. For example, I don't know what play was called on the fourth and four throw, but Goddard goes left and the ball goes right. It looks high. But Goddard's tall. If he's if he goes left, right, he might be able to catch that. So what was the miscommunication? The constant changing of personnel for a quarterback that's struggling is challenging. They don't all run the routes the same way. They, you know, they, you know, they, they don't all catch the ball the same way. They don't they have different preferences. Carson has to take an extra second at times. To, does he trust the receivers he's throwing the ball to? I don't think he does. Why would you? They're always different. So if I'm Doug, I'm trying to get back to the basics of the same consistency on offense. Um, Why not the, the quicker thing. plays, though? So I, I think two reasons. I think, one, sometimes the, the quicker plays just aren't there. If you're a defense, if you're playing Philadelphia, you know two things. One, the receivers don't appear to be able to create separation. I mean, I, I loved listening to Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy uh, talk about this in, on the broadcast. Hey, you want Carson to throw the ball? He's not open. Carson also can struggle at times with the quick three-step drop accuracy. He tends to have a, because of his arm is so strong, he tends to overthrow balls over hot, they're too high. So that all, and again, defenses, they don't care. The offensive line is in shambles. So the, the, the defensive backs know I, I, I need three. If I can cover my guy for three seconds, we're good. So this is why those short plays aren't as available to, to, to Philadelphia because teams just aren't scared. They're not scared because the pass rush is going to get home and and the and 
the receivers aren't going to be able to get open in two seconds. Um, that's that's the way I see it. And the other problem you have here is they, Miles Sanders had five or six carries. Yeah. That's really inexcusable. bad. Inexcusable. That's all on Doug. Or, look, Carson may be calling audibles, but that's on Doug. He's got to have 15 carries. I mean, minimum a game. You At have, least. There's just no choice. Because then the defensive line has to take a second. It opens up play actions. It allows for Carson to be able to roll out of the pocket. Um, so you want the quick throws, but you got to have the receivers that get open quick enough. Or Carson has to trust his receiver enough to know if he's running a two-step slant in or out, that the, if I put the ball here, the receiver is going to be there. I go back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady with the Patriots, he said, I don't care if my receivers drop balls. I don't care if they're not actually open. All I care about is if they run the right route because mm-hmm. that's where because that's what I have to trust when that ball leaves my hands, that they're going to be where I think they're going to be. And that's what, that's what it comes down to is this trust factor. So Carson is still not playing great football, but at the same time, the offense isn't helping him at all. And they aren't giving him the opportunities to have success in different ways. So I think that's a huge mistake starting starting at the top with Doug. Um, and obviously, uh, Rieger has, has not – I'm not writing Rieger off here, but you look at what Justin Jefferson is doing in Minnesota, and you're wondering, wow, forget forget C.D. Lamb. We could have had Justin Jefferson, and we passed on him. He seems like he gets open quick. Now, again, let's see what the offense is. When, when they, got it, they, they had some success, right, with those short screen passes to the outside, quick bubble screens. And then that sets up the rest of the offense. But um, yeah, I, I, that's to me the next five weeks. I need to see a lot of Miles Sanders. I need to see consistent personnel in the field, the same ones. And I need to see Doug tell Carson whatever it takes. He got good when he started scrambling. He runs over guys. I mean, let him get his. He gets excited and he wants to make plays for his team. I think they've got to focus there and try to be more more uh, adamant with him and those kind of things. Yeah, that's the receivers one is, is what I really fell back on last year. First quarterback to have over 4,000 yards with no receivers with, with anywhere close to 500 yards. Um, it's definitely something like that. I think you hit a really good nail on the head with running the correct routes. Uh, not even just the receivers, but Miles Sanders a couple times they wanted to call a regular screen and he seemed to, I don't know if he thought it was, he was blocking and it was a bubble screen or what it was or, or what it happens to be, but, or if it, you know, there's something going on there. And, and I think you're right. of just, the team needs to continue to show effort. And I don't know. I, I also just fall back on the offensive line being out. They, they led that off the broadcast right away with the fucking poker hand of how many different combi- combinations of, of offensive lines there's been for the Eagles this year. And, and, I don't know. I, like, I am not ready to give up on Carson. I know a number of people are, but it, like, if you're really thinking, you like, you can't, can't give up on Carson. His cap hit is fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Carson a, a, the, a the salary you can't even cut him. I mean, like bench him and bring in Jalen million and bring in Jalen Hurts or whatever shit. it is. Um, yeah, I a I don't know if that's the solution. And B, if you really do think Jalen Hurts is the future, then you don't want him coming in with a fucking shitty ass def- offensive line and what was going on. With yeah. Jason Peters playing when he had a her- is it a hernia or a hamstring injury or whatever the hell it is, um, separated sh- someone had a separated shoulder. Jason Kelsey's been kind of all over the place, both injury wise and I feel like he's still hurt. Lane Johnson's been on and off, been in and out of the lineup. I just feel like you you need to get through this year. You need to get 
you need to get some offensive linemen either through free agency or draft them and figure out what the hell's going on with Andre Dillard and, and a number of different things. Um, Brandon Brooks. No, Brandon Brooks. Yeah, I, I mean, think, Brandon Brooks has been I think it's forever. a perfect storm right now. And, and I think one of the things that the best franchises in football do is they have patience, both in-game patience, season patience, and long-term patience. They've got to be patient and understand that this is just not going right for them for a number of reasons. Um, you know, th- there are still a lot of smart people here. And Jeffrey Lurie is an incredibly intelligent, well-respected owner for a lot of reasons. And one is he understands that things, it's football, things happen. And, and I'm not panicking long-term. I still think Carson is the answer at quarterback. Let him work through his issues. Um, if you honestly, and I hate this because I do really like Howie Roseman. If anybody's going to go, to me, I, I look at Howie first. The problem is if you move on, move on from Howie, it probably means you need to clear Doug out too because it's hard for a GM to inherit a head coach and kind of stick with the plan, um, especially if you fire a GM. It's different if a GM you know, retires and you replace him. That's one thing. But um, Howie's the, – the drafting of Jalen Hurts – and I don't have anything against the kid, and, and I, I hope you know he has success in this league. I just can't get over what a mistake that was, um, because you, you, you put undue pressure on Carson. You, you created the fan base is now rabid about it, and and the media is crazy about it. And I think it was just such an error to take him in the second round. Um, I think it's an. I think it was just honestly a bad decision, and it's and it's, it's really a decision, decision that I've tried to defend because I believe in the, in the organization that I've tried to defend, and I, and I just can't. That being said, all it takes – I think they need to find a way to win three games, and I think they make the playoffs. Like, that's how close I think this is. So it doesn't matter what happened last week. Move on. Upset the Cardinals. I mean, upset the Packers. You have the Cardinals on the schedule. They're beatable. You know, you, you got to go back to Washington. Take them. You got to go back to Dallas. That's four games, you know, right there. I, I'm just saying there is an avenue here, and, and all you got to do is make the playoffs. Because I'm telling you, a team is not going to want to play a decent defense with a great offense, defensive line. And if if he if it happens, a resurgent Carson Wentz with a couple weapons on offense. I'm just saying a team's not going to want to face. That. Imagine the Saints with Taysom Hill. Are they going to feel, if that's the case, if Breeze can't make it back, I mean, how comfortable are they going to feel? The Eagles are probably, in my opinion, the Eagles are the scariest team in the NFC East to have to face because of the pedigree of Carson and what they've done before. I, I, I mean, would you disagree? Do you think there's another team that you'd rather, you'd, you'd rather, is there another team you think is, is scarier on a one game on paper? On paper, no. Uh, right. Maybe. I mean, I the know. Giants without Barkley, I mean, they don't have a ton of weapons. Yeah, it's tough Washington, because the Washington's I, I, like, defense. I like Antonio Gibson. Why, yeah, Washington's defenses look good and statistically is good, but I feel like it's almost like paper numbers. You know what I mean? Like, and it comes down, but it comes at the end of the day, it comes down, it really comes out of your quarterback. And I think, gun to your head, of the four starters in the NFC East right now, I still think, I still think right now, four, not Dax, not here. Um, I still think you'd take Carson, even over Daniel Jones. Maybe it's close. Uh, maybe it's a tie. I still think any coach would say in one game right now today, they would take Carson Wentz over Andy Dalton 
Alex Smith and, and Daniel Jones. Maybe Jones puts up an argument, but I, I don't know. That's my opinion, and I, and I am a homer, but I'm just saying I, I, I maybe I'm wrong. I, that's how I feel. Yeah, it, it's going to be really crazy to see how this goes. But, yeah, I don't know. On paper, you're right, but I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I think the, the big thing here, too, that you have to kind of remember when you look at all of this is who the who the various teams have beaten. If the, the 49 – I mean – the 49ers have beaten some good teams. And the Eagles beat them. That's their only win outside of the division, unfortunately. Um, but you know, uh, I think it kind of depends too on how the rest of the uh, the rest of the season goes. Because the Eagles have a really hard schedule. The Cowboys is pretty easy. The Giants is okay. Um, so it's going to be really hard for them to make the playoffs. I think while they, they are need to upset somebody, yeah, they need, they, they need to upset somebody, and they can do it. I mean, Monday was a pretty good opportunity to try to do that. And, I know, I and know. It's not, even, it's not even that they fell in, you know, crunch time there, but they they just, you know, they didn't start off well. And it's one thing or the other with this team, and it has been for a while. And I think just to address the Howie and Doug thing, I, I you know, I think it might be the road, I think, is, is starting to shorten up for both of them. And I think they've both done a ton for it. Um, and maybe it's just get out of 2020 and start fresh, have a year that – even in the in the non-existent preseason, isn't mauled by injuries because they came into that first game against the the Washington Football Team where they had all these different injuries and we thought oh you just have to wait it out a couple weeks for this that and the other guy to come back and you know it real it immediately went to the dogs and I don't know it's uh just a shitty year hey, and hey hey stop it you got the negative attitude I don't need that I want hey, you right, be, positive you, vibes you only to, come on there we go That's positive what I'm vibes only about. all right. Well, let's, we'll, we'll talk next week we'll after talk next week. for the Eagles, okay? Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, anything else before we wrap this thing up? No. I, I'm off. I, fantasy time. Let's rock and roll. Fantasy football time. We're getting close to playoffs, so pay attention there. And uh, looking forward to another great fo- week of football. As, as golf dies down with cold weather for us, I, I'm going to be locked in now more so than ever. On uh, They literally can't on, go anywhere um, but watch football. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be wild. So, Awesome time, man. Awesome time. Well, Matt, this is a great episode. Thank you for thank you as always for hopping on. Oh, of course, man. As as always, love talking football with you. Oh yeah. Well, we will be back next week. We promise we're going to try to get a guest picker, um, and yeah, hopefully we get more news of uh, hockey maybe coming back. Who knows? There's not really a lot going on there, but basketball camps opened up. Um, they've started to announce some of the schedule. Hopefully the Phillies resign JT Remuto soon, but I don't know. That's uh, that seems like a pipe dream at this point. But Matty D, we'll talk to you next week. Everybody, go subscribe to the podcast. All that good stuff. Fly Eagles, fly. Enjoy the football, and we will talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>